0: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine, and yes, today is Free Advice Friday, the day that I take your calls and answer your questions about narcissistic personality disorder abuse. If you'd like to call in, the number is 424 220 1801. 424 220 01 first I wanted to acknowledge the significance of today which is September 11th and I'm sure you all have memories of that day I have very clear memories of what happened and every year on its anniversary it just strikes me as the tragedy just hits me deep deeply So I wanted to acknowledge the day and the memory, and I wanted to just read you uh, a message that was written by someone named Chris Stedman, and I really like this because I was looking for prayers, and I got a lot of religious prayers, but I don't want to do a religious prayer. That's not me. That may not be you. So this one is called A Secular Reflection. Tragedy can teach us many lessons. From pain, we can learn compassion. From division, we can learn solidarity. And when our world is shattered, as it was on September 11, 2001, we can learn to seek understanding. On that violent day, which shook us silent, America fractured, the lines between us and them grew thicker, darker, and harsher, muddying our shared humanity. We have since inhabited the shadows they cast, shouting at one another from across divides. On this day, the 19th anniversary of that heartbreaking day, we mourn and remember those we lost and all who were affected. But we are also given an opportunity to overcome the lie of them and I and learn to live together. The terrorists of 9-11 were guided by a narrative of intercultural incompatibility. But as people of diverse religious and secular identities, we can prove them wrong in our unity. By building bridges of understanding, we can emerge from the shadows and learn from one another. How to be our best selves. And Sandy Dahl, wife of Flight 93 pilot Jason Dahl, leaves us with this message. If we learn nothing else from this tragedy, we learn that life is short and there is no time for hate. stuff so i'm going to get started with our show on narcissistic abuse and we do have a caller so i'm going to open this up to our caller good morning thank you for calling in hello hello are you there all right, maybe this caller just wants to listen, but we'll check back in a, in a minute. Okay, so if, uh, if you want to call in, it's 424-220-1801. I welcome your calls. And it's really important that you do call in and share your feelings, your experiences, your challenges, your struggles with narcissistic abuse, Because narcissistic abuse is absolutely epidemic. And I want to read you a statistic that I just got recently. Let me find it. Okay. Research suggests that 1% of the population meets the criteria for psychopathy and cluster B disorders, um, empathy, devoid disorders. That may not sound like a lot, but it means that one in every 100 people you know is a psychopath, sociopath, or narcissist. That's a lot, one in 100 people. Now, I actually think, It exists much more than one in 100 people. I really do. I think it's more than that. But it's really hard to tell. But I know that one out of every five, 20 people um, will know someone or have experienced narcissistic abuse, whether or not they realize it or not. So um, 60 million people in the United States are being seriously harmed By someone else's pathology 60 million people that's huge so why isn't this more understood why are I me and so many other people out there fighting to bring this to the awareness of the mainstream consciousness and yet it's still hidden in darkness And I want to shine light on it. I want people to recognize this. I want to put a kind of a not seen red dot on the forehead of all of these predators so we can pick them out. But I can't do that. And in the meantime, what's important is that you heal what has happened to you. Because if you don't completely heal from narcissistic abuse, you are very highly vulnerable to being reaffected by it. Whether you get into a narcissistic relationship, whether you hire somebody that's narcissistic to work with you, whether you attract narcissistic friendships. And the other thing is that you cannot teach your children wellness, emotional, mental, healthy wellness, unless you have it completely. And I know that when I say that, you know, you may be saying to yourself, well, yeah, I've gotten over it and I've moved on. If you're still being triggered, if you're still suffering from past events, past thoughts, any of those things, if you're still saying, I'm a work in progress, you're not healed. And I want you to know that healing is absolutely possible and not so hard as you would imagine. I'm going to just check this caller again and just make sure. Good morning. Are you calling in to speak with me today?
1: Uh, yes, I am.
0: Okay, perfect. I had checked on you um about a minute or so ago and you weren't there. <laughs> okay.
1: Yeah. Okay, great.
0: Um hi. What is hi. what is your question or comment for me today?
1: So my question is, um, I, I just want to first say thank you. I've been listening to you for a couple of years now, and um, you've, you've helped me out tremendously. But what I really want to know is what does, um, um, I guess a therapy session would look like, you know, how will you be able to help me um, to get from being stuck I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like in a narcissistic, abusive relationship, but I'm distant. I'm, I'm away from that person. So now that I've got all this time to heal, I want to know what does a therapy session, what would it look like? What do I need to come to you other than just keep calling in to say, I'm experiencing this problem today and I'm experiencing that problem yesterday. Um, how do I grow from where I've been to where I want to go?
0: Very good question. So with me, I don't know about anybody else, but with me, I have a process of going, first of all, I take your history, I find out what all your concerns are, but what I do is I go back into the relationship or relationships, or even if it's gone back to childhood, we look at the tactics that were used against you because until you understand everything that was done to you and everything that was used to manipulate you, you can't heal. The thing about narcissistic abuse is that it affects us on a level that we cannot consciously get to. And the reason for that is that narcissists use mind control to control and use us and then feed on us. And so the subtlety of what they've done to us is beyond anything we are consciously aware of. So uncovering what actually happened and taking a look at it first, this is first, will unleash a lot of feelings and memories that may have been hidden. After that we begin the process of the healing and the process of healing is it involves um, a lot of introspection it involves coming to terms with how well you treat yourself what you say to yourself how much you love yourself and care for yourself what your boundary system is We go into, um, there's a lot that you actually, that's going on in your mind. And we talk about the things that you are thinking that are not really your thoughts. We don't focus so much on who did it to you, although we need to acknowledge that. And in some cases, if it was a parent, or if this goes back to, to childhood, there's a lot of emotional attachment to the words mother, father, family, things like that. Um, not to say that it's any more painful than having been in relation a relationship or relationships with narcissists. But my process is so gentle. And I'm not about, you know, if you... If someone wants to just say what happened today or what happened tomorrow or what they're experiencing, they can go to, you know, an online group and do that. That's what people do. I'm not about that. I'm about cutting right to the core, which is something that is not done by traditional therapists. I'm not treating symptoms. I'm treating the core. And from that core, it changes who you are. It gives you back your personal power. It gives you the strength to walk through life feeling safe no matter where you are or who you're with. It gives you the choice to choose healthy relationships. So this is core work, but it is not really work because for every person who has been abused narcissistically, they have done enough work they have struggled enough with this i don't want it to be work so all i ask people to do is just trust me that i can get them where they want to go and then relax and let me guide you and that's what it looks like with me it's very gentle but very powerful and works very quickly
1: thank you so much that that was very helpful um yeah, I don't want to take up all your time, but um, another question I have is, what would you say to someone uh, who's being stalked? You know, have you had of any... Um, your clients speak of being stalked by maybe their narcissistic ex-partner, and how would they... how do you tell someone to handle that? Okay.
0: Um, actually, that's not uncommon, because... Those who have, narcissists, they never want to believe that you've left permanently. No matter what has transpired, what has occurred in your relationship or in the division of your relationship, they never want to believe it's over. So the one thing that narcissists feed on, they feed on many things, but one thing is attention acknowledgement um they the difference between a narcissist and a psychopath or sociopath is that the narcissist does what they do for attention they need feedback and they need to create fear they need to create drama but they need to know they're doing it the psychopath and sociopath do what they do Without any concern for how anybody reacts or feels about it, they're just doing it because they're driven to do it. So, my feeling would be to, unless it becomes dangerous, to pre- to pretend it's not even occurring. So, are you if are are you experiencing this? Okay.
1: I am, and and I I, I think I like the the latter part of your um, recommendation, and I've just been trying to just ignore it because I realize that that person just wants the attention, just want to in, uh, invoke fear in my life. So um I I so that's what it's been helpful just to just kind of ignore it and just let them be. Mm-hmm. Um it's sad because I feel like that person is not living their his or her life because they're worrying about what I'm doing with my life so um but I guess that's how they that's how they operate and the only other comment I have I just really want to say thank you. I've been listening to you for a couple of years now you've really, I've called in um and gotten some good recommendations and some advice and and you've helped me. Um, to leave or leaving a a narcissistic abuse relationship. Um, So I am still with my partner, but we're like miles away from each other. So I've done the first step, and now I'm just trying to, um, and which I'll be reaching back out to you, is to get help as far as to totally let go, because I do feel like I'm not able to fully evolve or evolve into the person that I am supposed to be. I feel stuck. So thank you well, so much.
0: You're welcome, and um, and let me just say, I mean, you are so welcome, and thank you for for listening, and and you know, and supporting the work that I do. Um, you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to be stuck. And as far as the feelings that you have um, for that person who you feel um, cannot move on or is stalking you in some way. As long as your focus is anywhere on them, you're not going to heal because healing requires that you focus entirely on yourself. And this is a tendency that the abused, survivors have. What we do is we're hurting, we're hurting, we're hurting, but we're, wor- we're worried about this person or we're worried about that person. As soon as we start projecting onto other people, we are deflecting away from what we need to do. So it's very important, and this is something I do with almost everyone. I keep bringing them back to the self, bringing them back to the self so that they understand if you don't heal yourself and forget about everybody else, you're not going to be able to function. You're not going to heal, and you're not going to be able to move forward. This is a solo act. And though you may be charitable, you may be sensitive to the feelings of others, that cannot come into the healing process here. It cannot. Other people are going to go on and live their life. You're not going to influence them in any way, shape, or form. So you might as well let it go and focus on you entirely you. Okay? That's what I want to leave you with. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling in. I appreciate it. I'm going to put you back on hold. So our caller had um, some very good questions, and they're, they're actually questions that come up a lot. So... This is why it's so important that you call in, because other people can hear this, and can, it can allow, allow me to elaborate on these different aspects of healing. Okay, we have another caller. Good morning. Welcome to A Fine Time for Healing. Are you calling to speak with me? I am. Okay, wonderful. How can we help you um, today, or how can I help you today?
2: Well, I I actually uh, called in with a question, but I was listening uh, to your other advice, and and I mean honestly, that was some excellent excellent advice. Uh, I have to agree wholeheartedly with it. You know because when you put focus on other people, you can't heal. You know, and I I I just love the advice. You know, I could I couldn't help but keep saying to myself, you know, uh, like. I like the way that you go direct, you know, with, you know, like therapy, you know, because a lot of people, it's not always about your feelings. I mean, it is, but it's about getting to the core of the problem. And so uh, I know even with me, you know, just by listening to your show and, you know, with the help of a lot of people, you know, that, uh, you know, I've progressed tremendously from where I was years ago. And I have to agree that, You know, when you put the focus on the narcissist, that it's almost like putting your hands in tape, you know, like bounding yourself in tape. You're never going to be free. And then when, you, you know, when you can set yourself, like take that first step and go, hey, I have to put the focus on me to heal myself. That's when you're making, you know, those little baby steps forward to get better. And yes. i just and wanted to you know you. I, I i couldn't help but just kept going uh huh uh huh uh huh uh <laughs> huh you know?
0: yeah yeah and, 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 and thank you was, for that affirmation or confirmation yes um it, it is, is because it if is you tendency, if you put it, your it, it, go
2: ahead oh i no no i didn't mean it if you put your focus and energy on the narcissist then you they have control over you And so all your life and your energy and time is focused on other people and not yourself. So then before you know it, you know, a a day, a week, a month, six months, a year has went by and you're still stuck. And so whoever that was that called in, you know, years will go by and they still have that control over you. And so unless you can break free from that and go, Hey, I'm an individual and you know, I'm not, I'm not speaking about anybody else. I'm speaking about myself until you can finally say, Hey, I've had enough. I can't take this anymore. And I need to heal. And you just say, I'm, you know, for me, it was breaking ties with everybody because the more that I got around it or even had contact through the phone, I was drawn right back into it like a magnet. (laughs) And then before I knew it, I was feeling bad and then the feelings and, and emotions were stirring up inside of me and I was right back down the toilet again. And then, you know, I, I, I finally have to pull myself up and go, wait, can't do this anymore. And then I, when I finally broke away <laughs> and it did take some time because you have, you know, you have that emotions of anger because, Oh my gosh, this happened, you know, and then, you know, there's anger, bitterness, rage. And you know what I mean? And then so when you can finally work through that and go, Hey, you know, yeah, this happened, I'm angry about it, but I'm not going to let it happen again. So you set those boundaries.
0: Excellent, excellent, excellent. You, you absolutely get this, um, and it is yeah. absolutely where I go with this. You, you, know, you mentioned how important it is to get to the core of the problem. Um, that is it, because the reason that traditional therapists cannot help is that they're not getting to the core. They're dealing with symptoms. So if you say, I'm feeling depressed or, or I have a really you know, tumultuous relationship with my father or whatever, they're going to focus on that relationship and how you can mend those fences, how you can bring that relationship back together. That's what they want to do. Um, yes and if you 're sad, if you 're depressed, if you have anxiety, they 're going to treat each one of those things. If you have complex PTSD, they 're going to treat you for that, but never, ever get to the reason for it. and that 's right. the first thing that I do, and you know what? It opens up so much. People feel so free after one session with me because we 're letting this out. I support and validate what has happened where nobody else has. And I'm not doing it because I just want you to feel better. I'm doing it because I've lived it, I've experienced it, and I've worked with hundreds of people who have. Um, Another thought that came to mind, and I'll let you um, comment after this, is that people are very afraid of being lonely. They're very afraid of the isolation that occurs in this healing process. And it is a very lonely process. It is. Uh, I wouldn't tell you any different, but it is about isolating yourself. It is about not bringing in any influences, not having any possible triggers. And when I say that, I mean not even the thought that a text could come across your phone or a voicemail could be left on your phone. Not even the thought of worry that that can happen. Everything has to be set up so that you can heal without triggers. And some people, well, actually a lot of people, don't know who they will be when they let this go. And that's very scary because this has been become a part of their identity for so long, that if they let it go they feel like they have no identity and that's terrifying yes. That's terrifying
2: yes it it is i hey i've been there <laughs> i've been there for a long time or you know had been in, in the past and and i'm going to tell you there were there were more days i wish i didn't wake up than i did in the past and it is scary for you know that you don't want to let go because you know for myself i was I was the abused child, so you know I held on to that tighter than anything. And so when you have that time of isolation, that's your time to grow. It's not your time to cower down. It's your time to stand up and go, "Hey, wait a minute, it's your time of reflection that you have to go not on the outside of the apple, but the inside to the seeds. and you have to get down and dirty with it and go, "Hey, wait a minute." Yeah, these things, like I said, these things happen, but you know, when you replant that seed, it grows and that's what you have to do. And so when these things come at you, you have to be a stronger person. You, you know, I, I don't know what anybody else went through, but you know, I wouldn't be who I am today if I didn't go through what I went through yesterday. And so it's made me a better husband, a better father, a better person, and so I see things different than a lot of people. You know, there were a lot of times that I spent, I spent a lot of time on, you know, psychiatrists, social workers, pastors, chairs, and, you know, they would say, oh, we'll just pray about it. It'll be all right. Well, that doesn't work. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't mean that disrespectfully. <laughs> I just meant, Definitely. you know, when you're, when you are you know, hit, kick, slap, belt, belt, boot, thrown downstairs, you know what I mean? All those other things, you know, that it just doesn't work. And so, <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is there is hope. There's hope for everybody. So don't, don't lose hope. You know, it's like a locksmith. You know, when you get locked out, you call a locksmith. Well, you know, each individual person holds the key to unlock the locks that they're bound in. So unlock your locks and live your life yeah, because you can do it. Good. And sure, everybody needs a little help now and then and needs to seek guidance from other people. But do it. And live your life because, boy, when you step out in that sunlight going through all that, you're like, oh, I love the sun because <laughs> it's yes. a great feeling to get out on the other side.
0: Thank and you. And everybody can do it. Mm-hmm. Your no, thank you because so... I, listen,
2: I listen to your show all the time. No, thank you.
0: You are so welcome. Do you know I have a new app?
2: No, I don't, but I do now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's called Narcissistic Abuse Awareness. So all you have to do is put that on your phone and you'll have access to everything at the moment I do it, whether I'm writing articles or whatever it is. So everybody out there, (laughs) if you haven't already downloaded that app, go right ahead. And please leave me a review if you like it. So I appreciate it. All right, I'm going to put you back on hold and um, continue on with the show. But thank you for all your wonderful comments. They've been very, very helpful and inspiring. So um, there was so much that, uh, that I wanted to address in, that, in what that caller said. The thing about praying for this to get better is that we have free will and the universe, God, our higher power, helps those who help themselves. We're not put here just to to be flowers and sit there and pray that our life is going to be wonderful and everything is going to come to us and all our issues are going to be worked out. That's not why we're here. This is earth school. This is where we come to work out our issues. This is where we come to make mistakes and to grow from them. Never be a prisoner of of your past. It was a life lesson, not a life sentence. And when I say that, I mean that you will never forget the memories of what happened to you. They will always be there. But what disappears is the emotion that's attached to them. So I can remember everything. I can think about the relationships that I had that were painful. But I'm not in pain anymore. I just remember them. And that's okay, because it's part of my story. Life is a story. We all have a story. From the moment of birth till the moment of death, we could all write a book about what has happened to us, because life has so many twists and turns. I'm just taking a drink for a second. There are so many changes that occur in life, miracles, tragedies. There's ups, there's downs. But our point of being here is in the face of a hurdle, in the face of a challenge, that's what we're here to jump. That's what we're here to move past. Every time you feel something that keeps you stuck or keeps you in pain, understand it's a message. It's a spiritual message saying this is what you need to do to grow as a person. And you don't have to lose your faith because you need your faith for support and you need your faith for validation, and that's okay. But that in itself will not get rid of this. This is super deep psychological, emotional, and mental stuff. Um, I talked about being fearing who you'll be without the pain. I think every single one of us has gone through this. We have had our identities, ourselves, stolen from us, and it's been replaced by our abuser, whether that be in childhood, whether that be in um, relationships or marriages or, you know, whatever followed. Some of us have it all from start to, you know, childhood and on up till recent days and we've become so absorbed in the pain that we're feeling that we begin to create an identity around it and we don't know who we will be without it so it's almost as if you're standing there, it's like Tower of Terror at um, Well Disney World or um, Walt Disney. Anyway, it's like Tower of Terror where you're standing there and then the floor just goes right down. That's what it feels like when you let go of the pain that has defined you. And that's very scary, and it's, it's one of the main reasons why you need someone with you to help you because what you're going to do right after that happens, right after that floor drops out, is you're going to begin to build your foundation brick by brick in the way that you want to build it, exactly how you want to do it. Nobody gets to tell you what you're going to do with the rest of your life, how you're going to feel. And that's very exciting. So there's a momentary lapse. There's a momentary feel of, oh, my gosh, who am I? and then you begin building exactly who you are and who you want to be. And when I say that, I also mean that you are okay exactly who you are. And we tend, I think we all do this, um, but especially those of us who are survivors, we tend to measure ourselves by other people by what they're doing, what they've accomplished, how happy they seem, how fast they've accomplished it, how many things they've done, what they're doing on a a daily basis. I mean, it can be very overwhelming. When you look at that stuff, you're always going to feel like a failure because that's them, that's not you. And you are fine. Just the way you are, with everything that you enjoy, with what you like, with what you don't like, with your quirks, with your faults, body or otherwise, whatever it is, you are you. And there's nothing more important than claiming that without the need to measure it against if it's okay with other people or by the standards of other people. And this is where Facebook really hurts us. Looking at that and seeing the standard by which these extraordinarily happy people live, which, by the way, cannot possibly be, um, makes us feel inadequate. It makes me feel inadequate, and I've come so far. I don't even suffer from this anymore. Yet... When I go to Facebook and I look at what everybody's doing, I feel inadequate. And I have to tell myself, this isn't good for you. You don't need to feel inadequate. You don't feel inadequate at in any other time except when you look at Facebook and what everybody else is doing. So I don't do it. I don't look. Now, I am on Facebook because I have three professional pages. I have the Randy Fine um, Facebook page i have narcissistic abuse um, survival survivor awareness page
2: and i have empath
0: society page so i have three pages that i do but this is where i'm projecting out to you in a way of healing and inspiration i'm not there to take in all the fluff of everybody else's life you know if 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 on your anniversary, your husband gives you flowers, do you need to put that on Facebook? Oh, here's a picture of these beautiful flowers my husband gave me. Why do that? You don't have to do that. I don't do that. And I don't say on my anniversary every year, I don't say happy anniversary to the man who came into my life, to the most wonderful man ever i don't need to tell anybody that i know it i don't care if anybody else knows it so understand that the things that people say and they do are not realistic and also that everybody walking around is carrying a burden every single person everybody has a burden some of us hide it better than others some of us, it's, for some of us, it drags us down. For some of us, we push forward because that's how we've learned to deal with pain. Push past it and keep going. Um, but that doesn't mean that the person is not in pain just because of the way they are acting in public. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't know what goes on behind, inside of people. So... You know, I'm saying all this because I want you to understand that there is nothing wrong with you. Nothing. I don't care how quirky or strange you are or how, you know, untraditional you are or or whatever it is, or if you like things that other people, most people don't like. That's okay. That's you. That's you. And that is okay. And I want you to grasp that. I want you to embrace it. I want you to wrap your arms around it and say, this is me. Wow, this is me. This defines me. I'm okay. I am okay. I am okay exactly the way I am. Healing from narcissistic abuse requires that focus on the self. It requires putting everything into you and building you from the ground up exactly the way you want to be built. So many people come to me and they'll say things like, you know, I really feel sorry for my partner, narcissistic partner or spouse. They had such a hard childhood. You know what I say? So did you. But look what you're doing with it. Look what you're doing with it. Look what they're doing with it. They have made a decision to stay in the pain, however that be. By forming this personality disorder, they have absolutely sta- made a decision to, to stay in the pain. That's not your problem. You got to get. You got to keep moving. So let go of that sympathy because all it's doing is deflecting from you. You know, it's something that codependents tend to do, and I know it because I used to do it. I worried and cared about everybody else in the world, and you know why I did it? Because I wasn't willing to look at myself. So. We say, I wish I could have brought my brother and sister out of this when I came out of it. I wish my mother or my father, whichever the the good parent supposedly was, I I wish they would have known about this back then, and I could have maybe helped them get through this. I could have helped them get out of this. I could have helped them heal. Or people will say, you know, I want to share this message with the world. Well, you can, but not until you heal you. You can't share a healthy message with the world until you heal you. So it all comes back to the center. You are the center of your universe. This is not a selfish way to be. This is the truth. This is the truth. Everything radiates out from you. You don't have to be uppity about it, selfish, narcissistic about it. But the truth is that everything in life radiates out from you. So you've got to do the healing. It's so, so very important. Um, I also hear people, generally, um, if the pain is coming from a romantic relationship, often the second or third one like this. Because after the first one, they may have just smoothed things over and said, I'm going to just soldier on. I'm going to trudge forward and move past it. And then they get into another one. They attract the same kind of abuse or something similar. And then they get through that, and then they're in trouble emotionally for a long time. But they say, you know what, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to get over the pain and move forward. So the second time, it stings more than the first. And then the third time is the one that takes you down. It takes you down because... The universe, God, higher power, I don't know, you know, whatever you want to call it, has been screaming at you, screaming in your ear the whole time. You need to heal from this so you can don't do this again, but you're not listening. And the third time, sometimes it's the second time, in some cases it's the first time. It's different for everybody, but the point I'm making is that – You must heal completely to the point where you are in the same mindset I'm in. And that is so achievable. It is so achievable. It is not even, I know it seems like it's a monumental climb. I know it seems like it is so hard to do. The healing from this is super simple. But you have to listen to me. You have to follow the directions that I give you, which are very, very simple. And I tell people because they go, oh, you know, there's so much I have to do. I say, no, no, no. When you work with me, let it go. Don't fear the process. Put it in my hands, and I will get you where you want to go. Just put it in my hands. Let it go. It's not yours anymore. It's mine. I will help you heal from this. And that, for me, is not taking on a huge burden because I know it's not that difficult to do. It's a matter of changing the way you talk to yourself. First, you have to recognize what you're saying to yourself. And I do want to say that the reality of childhood narcissistic abuse is that it does change who we are. And we can heal from what happened to us. We can heal. But there are scars that will never go away. And they are things that very likely will impact our life. And I'll explain what those things are. But... It is extremely damaging physically and mentally to us. So, there are some physiological changes that happen to us when we are children of narcissistic abuse. And for the rest of our life, we may have these weird maladies. We may have just strange things that nobody can explain. I do i do i used to get all freaked out over them and run to the doctor and run to this holistic person now i understand it's just part of it and the less attention i pay to it the faster it's going to go away i have pain that just comes up in the strangest places for absolutely no reason i have body functions that stop working for absolutely no reason but then they start it's really strange so Um, And the other thing is that um, there's a low level of could be depression, anxiety, probably both, that may plague you throughout your life. If you pay attention to it, if you worry about it, it will get worse. So... I've talked about this and I talk about this in my book. There is a physiological change to the brain in children who live in toxic environments where there's a lot of anger. It changes the size of the hippocampus. It has something to do with the flood of cortisol that's constantly going on in the child's brain from the trauma that they're constantly under, the abuse that they're constantly experiencing. It floods the brain, and it creates a a physiological change in the brain that makes emotional regulation more difficult for us. So we have to understand who we are, and we have to understand what these things are about. Not be angry at them, but live with them. It's It's who we are today. It's what we have. It's who we are. We just have to accept it. And that said, in many cases, there is a chemical change in the brain. And in many cases, medication is needed. I say that, you know, there's so many people who say who are anti-medication. I am not because I know that if you have a chronic anxiety problem that nothing you cannot possibly think your way out of, no matter what you do, no matter who you work with, you get to a point where you are struggling every day just to get to ground zero. It's like you're underwater and you're trying to swim to the top every day. And if that's the case, you're never going to get above it because it's too much of a struggle just to get to the surface of the water. So after a while, if I see that people are not progressing through their own abilities, through the guidance that I give, because I know it works, If they're not progressing, that's always a recommendation for me, to let's try this so that we can get you to a place of normalcy that you can then work from. So, so important. So important. Um, I want to say, you know, I extended this show just in case we had – some extra callers, and I want to say, if you still want to call in, you can. The number is 424-220-1801. If not, if I don't get any more callers, I'm going to end the show, um, you know, at uh, at the hour. But so that's what I have to say about narcissistic abuse. I just want to, you know, I just want to get back for a second to the remembrance of September 11th. We should never forget this. During the attacks of September 11th on 2001, 2,977 people died. 19 hijackers committed suicide, and more than 6,000 others were injured. The attacks were the deadliest terrorist act in world history, and the most devastating foreign attack on the U.S., since the attack on Pearl Harbor in December 7th of 1941. But the deaths and illnesses continue. In 2007, the New York City Medical Examiner's Office began to add people who died of illnesses caused by exposure to dust from the site of the official death toll. So this raises the number of victims at the World Trade Center site to, let me see, Oh, the overall death toll to 2,996, four short of 3,000 people. 3,000 people in just a few hours. And it has been reported that over 1,400 9-11 rescue workers who responded to the scene in the days and months after the attacks have since died. So let's remember today what the United States went through I know I have listeners from other countries, but you all know what we went through. And we're kind of going through something. I mean, we are going through something right now. The whole world is going through this pandemic, and it's very scary. We'll get through it. We'll get out of it. But just like with 9-11, we will never be the same as we were before it. It's going to be a different world we're going to have a different perspective and that's okay because we must evolve we must evolve as people individuals we must evolve as the human race we must evolve if we're going to continue living continue existing so this is a period of evolution for us and it is it's painful it's it's very frustrating But transition is always difficult. If you think back to any transition you've ever made in your life, it's difficult. Not knowing where you're headed, not knowing the outcome of a decision is terrifying. So understand that when you're in the middle of a transition, you are going to be extremely uncomfortable. But that's okay because you work through it and you will come out the other end. History shows us that. Your personal history shows you that. If you think about everything you've gone through in your life that has brought you to this point, you have made it through and come out the other end. You will do it this time. And with this pandemic, that's exactly what is going to happen. We're going to come out the other side. Different likely better in some ways it's scary to think of what the world is going to be after this but everything will be okay it will it will everything has a way of working itself out what we don't want to do is put up any resistance to change no resistance allow the flow of life to happen, the minute you put up resistance, worry, angst, frustration, anger, the minute you put up these things to the change, the harder the change is going to be, because life has a flow, and change is part of that flow, so We need to ride the waves of change. Just ride them. Just trust that you're going to get to where you go and you ride the waves. It doesn't mean you lay in bed and just be depressed. No, you move on with your life. You do what you do. But don't resist the change because the change is bringing you to the next stage of where you need to be. and That's okay. It's going to feel uncomfortable but let it go, just, just, just say, I surrender. I surrender to the change. And I look forward to the other side of it. That's it. Not easy, but it's a kind of an affirmation that you can say. I surrender to the change and look forward to the gifts on the other side of it. And you will see uh, 2020 hindsight. Hindsight shows you that this is true. So just believe it. Anyway, um, I wish you all a wonderful day. And let's see what the date is next month.
1: It will be October.
0: gosh, October. Um, October the 9th. I'll be here. Ready to take your calls at 424-220-1801. Listen in. And if you have any comments or questions about today's show or any show or anything I do, you can always email me at loveyourlife@randyfine.com. If you feel like you have a question you want answered on the show and you cannot call in at that time or you're too intimidated for some reason to call in, e- email it to me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com I will answer it on air I promise you I'll give you the link to the show so that you can listen to it so send your questions to me and I will answer them on air so may joy and serenity always be yours and go with the flow goodbye we hope you enjoyed today's show Visit randifine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.